Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. I'm Evan Grote, your host, ready to lead you through this brand new episode of the podcast, a podcast that is brought to you by sportsnot.com. So much great content over there for you to check out. Speaking of podcasts, go subscribe to the podcast right now by searching Just Pod Baby. I would love for you to make that happen. Uh, we are just a couple of weeks away from week one, so so jump on board now. You can find the, the, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can find the shows also at JustPodBaby.com. So there's no excuses for you not to be listening and for you not to be subscribing right now. I'm also proud to say that you know we have listeners from all around the world. I look at the data. I I see where some of you are listening from, Australia, Greece, Mexico, France, Sweden, Ireland, all over the world, and I'm proud of that, and I want to give you guys a big shout out you know, for being listeners, for being subscribers of the show, and and I appreciate all of your support. How about your Las Vegas Raiders? Now 2-0 in the preseason after another pretty good showing in Los Angeles against the Rams with a 34-17 win on Saturday night. We will be breaking it down for you this week on the show. A lot to discuss. Uh, We will also take a listen to some of the audio from Josh McDaniels uh, to get his assessment of his team's performance and also get some of his thoughts on some of the decisions that were made. But for now, it's just you and me this week. And so let's get it started. Uh, Just as last week, once again, the number one takeaway, the number one storyline, the thing that everybody is talking about this week after this game are the quarterbacks. It's not just one quarterback, though, this week. It's actually all three quarterbacks that people are talking about. We got our first look at Jimmy Garoppolo in game action. We also saw some extended time from Brian Hoyer. And, of course, Aiden O'Connell continues his, you know, to turn uh, heads with with his second consecutive really good uh, performance. I want to first start, though, with Garoppolo because we, we did get word just a couple hours before the game that there was a very good chance that he would be playing. A lot of us were unsure if he would actually get some time uh, going into the into the game. He did, in fact, play. I was happy they got him out there uh, just to kind of ease some of my tensions, to be honest. You know, he hadn't played a game in a long time going all the way back to last season when he had the injury. Uh, we had been hearing mixed reports coming out of training camp. Uh, and the joint practices, but on Saturday night, he looked pretty good. It was very, very limited. He didn't play a whole lot, as you know, but I think what we saw was a quarterback that looked comfortable returning from the injury. He looks healthy, which is a major, major thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He was in command of the offense. He sprayed the ball around. He spread the ball around to a number of different receivers, um, and and so I, th- I think it was a, a very, very positive step 
for Jimmy Garoppolo. I like the way he was able to lead the offense down the field in that opening drive that resulted in the seven-yard touchdown run by Brandon Bolden. Now, I thought the offense was crisp and efficient in that very small sample size. Uh, we, we did see most of the starters in that opening series, with the exception of some guys like Devonta, uh, actually, no, Devonta Adams did play, I believe it was one snap. Uh, we didn't see Hunter Renfro. We didn't see Colton Miller, uh, Dylan Parham. You know, some guys are still nursing some injuries. Other guys, they held them out for precautionary reasons. But overall, we got to see a glimpse of what the offense may look like when things get going for real here in just a couple more weeks. Jimmy G finished the game uh, four of four passing with 39 yards in the game. Four different receivers caught passes. Uh, That was good to see. Nothing downfield. Nothing downfield. There was a lot of short to intermediate throws, the longest one being the 18-yard uh, hookup to Jacoby Myers. Uh, again, I wasn't sure uh, if we would see Jimmy G during the preseason. Uh, I'm glad we did. I doubt we will see him next week. I think I think McDaniels has seen enough. He wanted to get him out there just for a little bit of action. Um, and, and again, I think based on some of the comments that were made by McDaniels postgame, um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect to see Garoppolo out there, but we'll just just have to see how things uh, progress this week as they prepare for their third and final preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, speaking of McDaniels, I do want to play some audio of his comments from the post game when he was asked about his decision to get Garoppolo and some of the other other starters uh, some game action. Yeah, um, you know, you go, you kind of always go through that conversation in your head every year and, um, you know, we just felt like it was with with a, in a number of new faces, um, number of guys that were basically going to play their first regular season game together. Um, that we'd like to go ahead and get that feeling, you know, kind of that that feeling you have in your stomach on a normal game day, you know, in the regular season, kind of get some of that out of the way today, you know, and and go through a normal pregame preparation, understanding that you were going to play, you're going to suit up. It's different when you know you can get hit and when when you're bringing people to the ground uh, as opposed to practice when you're not really doing that. So um, I think, you know, just making that decision as a staff, as an organization with Dave, um, I thought our players had a great mindset about it, wanted to come out and do it and do it right. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, I'm sure everything wasn't perfect, uh, but we were able to get them in there, get them communicating together, get in the huddle, look each other in the eyes, you know, play, a, you know, a drive offensively with those guys and handful of snaps defensively, same thing. So um, just, you know, thought it was the best thing for our team. So yeah, there you heard from the head coach uh, following the game on Saturday night, talking about the thought processes that went into the decision to play Jimmy G, wanting to get some of those opening day jitters, some of those opening day week one, some of that anxiety out of the way, given that there's so many new faces on the team. And I think that is an important aspect to consider. I like the choice personally. I think it's, it's different year to year. You know, depending on your team situation, we all know that in the past it has been, you know, a familiar face at quarterback for the Raiders. And so I think it was less meaningful to to get him out there to get those reps. Uh, but I think in this situation, because there is a new quarterback under center who is coming off an injury, um, I think it was important to get him out there. Now, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that it had been a while since he has played in a real game and training camp practice and joint practices are one thing. Garoppolo knows that in those situations and those settings, 
um, he's not going to get hit, right? He knows that you're not allowed to hit the quarterback in those situations. Preseason games is a, is a totally different story. So I think it was maybe as beneficial to get him out there from a physical standpoint, but maybe even more so beneficial from a mental standpoint as well to get him out there, you know, have some success throwing the ball uh, and come out of things with a positive mindset going in to the start of the season. So that is the first thing that I wanted to mention on the quarterbacks. Um, number two was Brian Hoyer. And, you know, there's not a whole lot to say here. Uh, what Was anybody out there? Because I know I wasn't. Was anybody out there expecting Brian Hoyer to light it up? You know, in the preseason. Uh, to be honest, I was a little surprised when they signed him in the first place. Um, and I know that he's a quarterback who's played in the system, and perhaps they they brought him in to be more as a of a mentor um, to a young Aiden O'Connell to help be another coach out there on the field. But this guy was on the verge of retirement, if I'm not mistaken. I think they convinced him to sign with the team. Uh, so I really wasn't expecting a whole lot from him. Uh, but anyways, very underwhelming performance for him on the night. And at this point, I, I wonder if he's already lost his roster spot. You know, I, I just can't see him making the team at this point, especially with the way O'Connell has been playing. And I know it's just two games, but... Hoyer has done nothing. He didn't even play in the first game and he did nothing to help himself in the battle for that backup role on Saturday night. Now, even if in the third game, O'Connell comes out and is just okay, you know, at least from what we have seen from O'Connell in the preseason games, because we don't see what's going on in practice, right? But at least from what we have seen in the preseason games, Aiden O'Connell is the backup quarterback on this team right now. I don't even think it's a competition at this point. Um, I was actually very puzzled to see Hoyer play as much as he did last night or on on Saturday night. Um, And I know that there is a so-called quarterback competition going on for that backup role, but I just think O'Connell needs the reps. We know what Brian Hoyer is at this point. He's been around the league long enough to know what you're going to get from this guy. And so to me, I was a little bit, I was scratching my head a little bit as to why uh, we had to wait so long to see Aiden O'Connell. Like I said, I I do not expect Brian Hoyer uh, to be on this team. I do think he'll get cut. So that was point number two on the quarterbacks. And then the final point number three is Aiden O'Connell and and the legend that continues to grow with Aiden O'Connell. And I say that in a playful manner, and I tweeted that out last night, but there is something brewing here with this kid. He continues to pleasantly surprise me. He certainly looks like much more uh, than a backup quarterback right now. He doesn't appear uh, to carry himself like a rookie quarterback. He's playing much better than a fourth-round draft pick. And so he is the darling of the preseason right now, not only in Raiders camp, but I am noticing he is getting some national attention. I played the clip on last week's show when Steve Mariucci was, was praising him on the NFL Network. So... This kid is starting to draw some some national attention here, um, and as I said, you know, last week following the game against the 49ers, I just want to see more of him. I just want to see more of him, and I and I think, you know, I, I keep thinking that eventually this is like a Cinderella story. That eventually this is gonna just end. <laughs> that he's gonna come back down to earth with the way he's playing, but that hasn't happened yet. 
you know, has he been perfect? No. I mean, he has not been perfect. He missed a throw or two last night, but it's the composure that he plays with. It's the accuracy that he throws the ball with. Um, that ball that he threw to Christian Wilkerson for, for the touchdown, that was an absolute dart. That ball placement was excellent. You know, he showed off the accuracy on that throw. He showed off some arm strength on that throw. He he picked up a first down using his legs in the game, which everyone, you know, told us this kid can't move. He's like a statue back there. And so there's just been a lot of positivity with this kid, um, you know, and there's just something about him. When he's out there, the offense just clicks. He, the ball moves down the field. He's he's consistent, and the fans love him. <laughs> the fans love him, and they're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's bringing a lot of excitement to the preseason games, which sometimes we know can be a little bit monotonous, a little bit boring, and it's getting people excited about the Raiders, and it's getting people excited about the future and what could be at the position. Now, that being said, I, I have to say, I again, I tweeted this out on Sunday that I have been reading and, and hearing some buzz from people on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're calling it these days, about Aiden O'Connell being the guy. He's the guy right now, some people are saying. Long-term, short-term and long-term, he's the guy. And that the Raiders have found their franchise quarterback. They found him in the fourth round. And uh, that he's a, he's a starter in this league. And, you know, I don't disagree with that at this point. I don't necessarily agree with it as well. I'm kind of neutral on that right now. I kind of want to see a little bit more, to be honest. I also see people saying that they should the Raiders should cut Jimmy Garoppolo right now before his contract, you know, guarantees or whatever. I'm not even sure if that's um, actually something, but that's what people are saying. Um, and you know, listen, I can't predict the future. Nobody can. All I can go on is what I see with my own eyes and, and then form my own opinion. But I, I just think right now, I, I think I'm going to pump the brakes. You do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you how to fan. I'm pumping the brakes just a little bit. I'm ex- I'm very, very excited. I'm very, very impressed. O'Connell is off to a wonderful start and I don't want to take anything away from him, but this is preseason football. This is preseason football games. Uh, he did not have Aaron Donald breathing down his neck uh, in that game on Saturday night. He didn't have Nick Bosa coming after him last week in the game. Things get much more intense come regular season football. Now, if something should happen to Jimmy Garoppolo this year, which it very well could, looking at his past, it very well could. And then Aiden O'Connell should step in and he plays well for three or four or five weeks and he's consistent and he's he's winning games and he's keeping the Raiders competitive and keeping them in games, if that should happen, then I think it's fair at that point to start having the, some of these types of discussions that he is the guy of the future and that he should be the starter at this point. If he has a Brock Purdy type of rise or something like that, but at this point, as I sit here right now after two preseason games, I just can't justify some of those comments right now. I just can't do it. It's the preseason. The past two weeks, he's been doing this against twos and threes. And again, I do not want to take anything away from what he's been able to accomplish. Because you know what? He's been out there surrounded by twos and threes as well on his on the offense. It's not like he's throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. It's not like he's got Colton Miller protecting his, his blind side, right? 
And at the end of the day, he's, he's checking off all the boxes that you want to see. He's executing at a high level. He's, he's moving the offense. He's putting up points on the board, and he's exciting. So I'm going to continue to remain optimistic on Aiden O'Connell. I think if he has shown us anything in these first two preseason games, it's that the moment is not too big for him. He has what it takes upstairs, I think, to be a starter in the NFL. He can lead the offense. He's very, very comfortable in this offense. But I think in fairness to him, I think we need to let him develop. Let the kid develop. And when his time comes, whether that's through injury or poor play of the quarterback ahead of him, whatever it may be, when his time comes, he'll be ready to go. I believe that. But I don't think anybody needs to rush that development. It's two preseason games. I'm not ready to hand the franchise over to him yet. There's a long ways to go in his development, just like there is for all young players. But there's no doubt Aiden O'Connell is the talk of the Raiders right now. You can turn on any podcast today. You can listen to all of the hosts on Raider Nation Radio this week. Read all of the stories in the papers and online because they're all going to be about Aiden O'Connell this week. And you know what? It's been fun to see, I have to say. Now, I do want to move into some other areas and some other topics this week on the show, Just Pod Baby. And we're going to do one long segment here this week. No break, no guest. Um, and that next topic that I want to discuss are some other players. I got two players in particular that I want to discuss here. I thought they had a nice uh, showing in the game on Saturday night. Let's first start with Philip Dorsett, wide receiver. And I think, you know, he's in a battle for a roster spot right now. The wide receiver room is crowded. I think he really helped himself out with a good game on Saturday night. Four catches, 76 yards. He also drew that big-time P.I. Um, on the final drive before halftime. And he got to start the game. He was he was out there at the beginning of the game with most of the starters. He caught a pass on that opening drive. And, you know, he was involved throughout. And I, and I think he's making a really strong case for himself to be on the team. I think... You know, he and rookie uh, Trey Tucker, I think, I don't think, I know, we all know this, they offer a very similar skill set, and that is their that speed element that they bring to the table. And there's no one else on the roster that offers that or possesses that type of speed that Dorsett and Tucker uh, have. And I think that's something that you have to have in an offense to complement some of the other weapons like a Devontae Adams and, and a Renfro and... and Michael Mayer, the tight end, and, and Jacoby Myers. You have to have that deep speed element. And I think through the first two preseason games, I I think he's got the edge on Tucker. I you know, Tucker has has had some mental mistakes with some drops. He dropped a touchdown again last night. He really, he really uh battled back. And to his credit and in his defense, he battled back, made a couple nice catches in the second half of the game. Um, but I just think that right now Dorsett has a slight edge on him. Not that they're going head to head. I don't believe they're competing head to head for a roster spot. I, I think Tucker is probably safe because he's a third round draft pick. I don't think they're going to give up on a kid, you know, as young as him um, that early on. So I think he's safe. But you know, it's possible that if they both make the roster, 
that on game days, only one of them is going to be dressing out. So I think that's even more so where what we're looking at here. If Dorsett makes the team now, okay, which one of those guys actually plays or dresses out um, in the games? But you know, like O'Connell, I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with Dorsett because he was a guy again when they signed him. I thought, oh, this is just this is completely just a camp body. I mean, when's the last time you heard anything from Philip Dorsett? him doing anything impactful on a football field. It's been a long time. So he's been a pleasant surprise for me. Another player that I want to compliment from the game on Saturday, Malcolm Kuntz, quietly putting together a nice camp. And he had a couple of good rushes uh, in the game. I I had gone back and I watched the condensed version of the game uh, this morning just to try to, again, kind of see it a second time quickly before I started to get some of my thoughts out here on the podcast there was one rush in particular that stands out in my mind where it was in the second quarter of the game I believe it was it was early like 10 minutes 50 seconds left to, uh, in the quarter and the Rams were driving down the field they were approaching the red zone I believe and and Koontz had a rush he used the the, the straight arm and he just ran right through the right tackle and and hit Bennett as he was throwing, nearly got a sack, and he, he kind of forced uh, a poor throw by Bennett. And uh, then he again, he had another play again. It was late in the second quarter this time where he, he was able to beat the tackle around the edge, got a, a pressure on Bennett, um, kind of made him uh, force the throw, force him to throw the ball a little bit early. But, you know, I like what I'm seeing from Koontz right now, um, and I and I do want to play some of the audio from Josh McDaniels because Koontz was one of the players that he was asked about in his post-game press, press conference. Let's take a listen to that now. Yeah, Malcolm's had a great attitude all year, and, um, you know, he's really grown uh, since we got here, just overall in terms of, um, you know, his how he how he plays the the position fundamentally and thinks about, you know, both run game, pass rush, et cetera. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I'll have to see the film in order to be able to tell you, you know, how I felt like the overall thing went for him tonight. But uh, Malcolm's been disruptive. He's gotten better uh, over the two years we've been together. And uh, he's got a great attitude about it, so you know I expect him to, you know, really compete and, and and help us this year at that at that spot. And I, you know, I think what's interesting there after we listen to those comments by the coach, I think what's interesting about Malcolm Kuntz is the position that he's in, the opportunity that he may have to play early in the season. And I want you to hear me out on this because Chandler Jones. If you haven't noticed yet, he hasn't been around, and I believe he's dealing with some sort of injury. He didn't play in the game, and I, and I haven't heard much about the injury or the extent of the injury, but I do know that he's not been available as of late, and you also combine that with now that the, the fact that Tyree Wilson is back in the picture, and that is something that is new this week. Um, he is back in practice. He's been cleared. He's slowly ramping up. Are we certain that Tyree Wilson is going to be a full go in just a couple of weeks? I believe it's like less than 20 days now before the first game. So are, are we sure about that? And so I look at that and I think depending on the status of Chandler Jones, which is unknown to me at this point, and the fact that Tyree Wilson is just now getting himself into practice, getting himself acclimated to football again, there is a chance, it might be slim, but there's a chance that Malcolm Kuntz could see himself put into a position where now he's stepping into some some serious game action, at least early in the season. And, and then when you have Chandler Jones, whenever he is back, 
and that could be this week for all I know. But when Jones is back and Tyree Wilson is a full go, then Malcolm Kuntz would go back to his role and his duties in, in special teams, and then he could still be a, a, a valuable rotational guy. I, I This is only his third year. I think he's still developing, and, I, and I'm hoping that they, they can salvage him because he's a guy that I, I don't think has gotten a lot of opportunities, and that may be because he hasn't shown enough in practice. Uh, but I'm happy to see Kuntz doing some things well right now in the preseason games. He's from the University of Buffalo, which is you know is right here in my backyard. And so that I, I hope to see his growth continues. So those were some of my takeaways from the game. Um, a lot about the quarterbacks and then a couple other players there that stood out in my mind. And so what I want to do here to kind of wrap the show up, and this will kind of be the last topic and discussion point uh, of the show here, is... What does it mean going forward based on what we have seen in the first two preseason games and what we have learned through training camp? Uh, what do we still need to see here? Uh, what needs to be decided, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I think there's a couple of position battles in particular that still need to be sorted out. I think the first one is at right tackle with Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Mumford. I think... You know, I think when you look back to OTAs and minicamp, if you had asked the Raiders who would be their starting right tackle at that point in time, I think people would have told you Jermaine Illuminor because he did finish the season strong last year. Uh, but I think Thayer Munford has has pushed him. In fact, uh, when I was listening to the State of the Nation podcast last week, and I think I mentioned it on the show, they said Thayer Munford has been, you know, really starting to uh, assert himself in that battle. And and you saw Munford get the start at right tackle. You saw Illuminor start on the left side for Colton Miller. And so I think there's a real, real battle going on right now for the right tackle. And I think it's it seems to be kind of dead even at this point. I do think Illuminor has a slight edge because of his versatility. Uh, I was listening to the um, conference by McDaniels the on, on Sunday, actually. He also met with the media, and I listened to that as well. And they talked about you know that battle that's going on with Illuminor and Munford. And one of the things that McDaniels pointed out was that it wasn't a big deal to put Illuminor over on the left side because that is a place where he's played throughout his career. He played there last year and started games for the Raiders on the left side. So I do think his versatility, because he can play on the right side and the left side kind of as that swing tackle, that allows him, you know, that just that makes him more valuable at this point where I think Mumford might be a little bit more penciled into that right tackle uh, role. But again, you know, sometimes these players can do both. But I think right now, uh, I do think Illuminor might have a slight edge based on that fact. I would prefer to see Mumford really kind of take hold of it because he's a younger player. Uh, he's a guy that they can build around, where Illuminor has been around for a few years, not necessarily at the end of his career, but not necessarily as young and you know have the has the upside of a Thayer Mumford. And then I think when you look at another position, where there's going to have to be just some decisions made, and it was a position position that we knew was going to be competitive going into camp. It's it's that defensive tackle, and that's a good problem to have. It's been a long time since the Raiders have had some really really impactful interior defensive linemen. Um, it's kind of been a revolving door of 
new players coming in and coming out, players being signed throughout the season. When you think about Jerry Tillery last year being one of those guys, Bilal Nichols was a guy they brought in last year as a free agent. Uh, They've drafted young players, Neil Farrell, Matthew Butler. They drafted another young player in Byron Young uh, this year out of Alabama and Nesta Jade uh, Silveria. So they've, they've prioritized the position. They've tried to improve the position. And now, because some of these players are, are doing some good things, there's going to be some decisions that have to be made. Now, I, I would assume that some of the young guys are going to be safe just because they're young guys and they're they're players that this regime drafted, like Anil Farrell Jr. And so I think guys like him and 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 the rookies class from this year, they're obviously going to be safe. It's going to be some of those guys towards the bottom end of the roster, Adam Butler, um, you know, we saw the kid from Nigeria get the sack in the game on Saturday night. Those are some of the guys that are now question marks uh, going into the final weeks of training camp here. So those were some of the takeaways uh, from the game and what I think uh, still remains here in the last couple weeks of training camp and the final preseason game. Let me know what you guys think. What position battles are you focusing on here in the final couple of weeks of camp? Which players are you most excited about based on what you've seen in the preseason games? Is it Zamir White and Trey Tucker maybe on the offense? Maybe it's Malcolm Koontz or Curtis Bolton on defense. Bolton made some plays there in the game against the Rams. But either way, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, you know how to reach me. DM me on Twitter by following me at egroat 5 And another great way to reach me is through the contact page on JustPodBaby.com. All right, guys, thank you again for joining me uh, to recap the Raiders 34-17 win. They'll be back in action um, on Saturday in their final tune-up of the preseason Saturday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Expect to hear from me again with another new show. We'll be recapping that game again, most likely on Sunday or Monday, depending on when I have the time to to fit it in. Now, the schedule I know is a little bit flexible during the summer months here and, and throughout preseason you can you can rest assured that once the season starts, it will be a solid release date of me on Thursday evenings. That is my my normal time, as you guys know. Unless it's a Monday night game or on a short week when they play on a Thursday night. But again, follow me on Twitter or X at egroat5. I, I try my best to to keep you informed uh, of the schedules or, or any changes that may occur uh, to the schedules. But in the meantime, everyone. Uh, that does it here for this week. Enjoy yourselves. Take care. We will chat again in about a week. But until then, I am your host, Evan Grote. This is Just Pod Baby brought to you by Sportsnot.com. And as always, just win, baby. Just win, baby.